Hi folks, this is Andy, the analytical preacher. Question I am getting frequently, probably with increasing frequency lately is the question of whether America, whether the United States of America is God's chosen nation, whether God is especially blessing or especially working through America. If he is, what does that mean for us as a people? The very simple and direct answer to that question is no. America is not God's chosen nation at this time. God does not have, does not work through single nations anymore. A couple of arguments tend to be made when I say, no, America is not God's chosen nation. One is that, well, we are a Christian nation and so many other countries in the world are not Christian nations. So wouldn't that suggest, wouldn't it lend some credibility to the idea that we are God's chosen nation? But I simply counter that America is not a Christian nation, quote unquote. We are a nation that contains a number of Christians. I would like to see our nation contain even a greater number and percentage of Christians. But we are not what you would call a Christian nation. The other pushback or the the other place where confusion comes from is because in reading the Old Testament, it's pretty clear to folks that the Hebrew people, that Israel was at one point God's chosen people. They were God's chosen nation. And we see that really starting second book of the Bible, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. These books written by Moses about Moses's time rescuing the people from Egypt and so forth. We see God establishing Israel as his chosen people, as his chosen nation. We see that God actually set up Israel as a theocracy. So it was a combination of a religious and a political government. And it is absolutely true that Israel was the chosen nation for a specific purpose, for a specific period of time. Israel was chosen by God for the primary purpose of bringing the Messiah into the world. And they had ethnic markers like circumcision that set them apart. They lived in what God referred to as their promised land, which he helped them to capture and to maintain. They had diet restrictions that, again, were designed to set them apart, religious practices that were intentionally designed to set them apart from the nations around them. God would, in certain times, bless the nation of Israel and provide them with victories and offenses and things like that, specifically to bring to fruition the idea, the promise that the Messiah would be brought into the world through the nation of Israel. But with the Messiah having come into the world, and of course that the Messiah was Jesus of Nazareth, with the Messiah having come into the world, the role for a chosen nation, any nation, not just Israel, but any nation, the role for a chosen nation has now been fulfilled. And God no longer calls for countries to be theocracies. And God no longer has a chosen nation that he particularly blesses or speaks to or works through. What God has now, still in a sense, a chosen people. But the the mission of those people is to preach the gospel. It's to preach the good news that the Messiah died for their sins, was resurrected, has been reseated at the right hand of the throne of God. The chosen people now are to preach the good news of the gospel everywhere and at all times. But the group that he has assigned this work to 
is not a nation, but it is the church. And so the chosen people of today, what used to be Israel, has now become the church. This worldwide New Testament, this worldwide earthly Christian church has become the chosen organization, if you will, through which God is continuing to work out his plans in the world. We see this pretty clearly in a number of different passages. One of them is Jesus himself speaking. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, everybody has a different opinion of who I am, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, we believe that you are the Christ, which means Messiah or anointed King of God. We believe that you're the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed King of God. We believe that you're the Son of God. And then in Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus says this to him, And I tell you, you are Peter. And his name sort of rhymed with the word for rock in that language. He says, And I tell you, you are Peter. You are like a rock. And on this rock of the confession that I am the Christ, the Son of God, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he doesn't say, you are Peter, and on this confession, on the rock of the confession that you made, I will establish a new country, I will build a new nation, and that nation. No, he says, on this confession that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Different biblical writers go on to say different things. The Apostle Paul makes sure that we know in one of his letters, what we call Colossians in chapter 3, that the chosen people today are no longer a single ethnicity, no longer a single race. They no longer speak a single language, come from a single country. But listen to what Paul says. I'm going to read Colossians 3, 1 to 4. Then I'm going to skip and read, uh, finish up with verses 11 and 12. Listen to what Paul says about the church. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also will appear with him in glory. Here, In the church, he's saying, here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, etc. He goes on. What Paul is saying is, you have to set your mind on things above. You can't continue to think about your ethnic background. You can't continue to think about the country that you come from as being chosen. No, it's different than that. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated. Jesus thinks differently than one country versus another country. Jesus is going to call people from all walks of life to join his church and be his chosen ones. And so he goes through here this idea Greek and Jew, Jesus is saying, there's not going to be any more racial or ethnic differences. All racial and ethnic types, every tribe, every tongue, every language is going to be part of this worldwide New Testament church. Circumcised and uncircumcised simply means it doesn't matter what your religious background was before you became a Christian. Once you become a Christian, you are now part of this chosen organization. 
barbarian, Scythian simply means language will no longer be a barrier. The different cultures that we have, the different countries that we come from, slave and free, he's saying the different socioeconomic statuses that we might have, all of that melts away as God builds this chosen organization, as God builds this worldwide church. And then the Apostle Paul even says in Ephesians chapter 3, and I won't read the verses, but you'll find in Ephesians 3, verses 8 to 10, he says this gospel, this idea that Christ died for our sins was a mystery that was hidden down through the ages. But now the church has been called. Now the church has been chosen and appointed, it says, to proclaim this gospel which will show God's wisdom. So it's through the church, Paul says, that God's ultimate wisdom is manifest to all the other powers on the earth and in heaven. So it's very clear from these verses and this idea that it is the New Testament church that is God's chosen. It is not any given country. It's not Australia. It's not New Zealand. It's not America. It's not Canada, etc., And I can go on other biblical writers. The Apostle Peter writes essentially the same thing when writing about Christians in the church. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, the Apostle Peter says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter's going, I know you guys tend to think about things this way, by race, by religious offices, and by countries. But he's saying here, the church is the chosen race. The church is the royal priesthood. The church is the new holy nation. The church are the people for God's own possession. And it's the church that's to proclaim the excellencies of God that called us into his light. One final piece of scripture we can read to sort of understand. I've already talked about what Jesus said, what Paul said, what Peter said. The apostle John also, and what we call the book of Revelation, speaks about something similar. Revelation can be difficult to interpret. And I'm going to read the first six verses of Revelation 12 which themselves can be a little bit tricky. But as we read through this, this is what this is what this is saying. This is what John had a vision that God allowed him to see. And this is what John is saying I saw. The nation of Israel was this woman who was protected by God against all I like go back and read the book of Exodus in the Old Testament. Go back and read the book of Esther in the Old Testament. The nation of Israel was protected by God against all the odds So that a single person in that nation, which turned out, of course, to be Mary, the mother of Jesus, could give birth to the Messiah. The Messiah would then do his work on earth, though Satan would fight it. Satan would fight the Messiah coming into the world. Satan would fight the Messiah living old enough to conduct his ministry. Satan would fight the Messiah so that he couldn't complete his ministry. But ultimately, the Messiah does complete his ministry, goes back to heaven, boots Satan out, That chosen people that was the Hebrew nation that centers down to a pregnant Mary that gives birth to the Messiah then blossoms back out starting in Acts chapter 2 as the New Testament church and Revelation, John says, 
in Revelation that that church is then taken and protected by God in a place that he had prepared for God until the perfect moment for God to wrap up history and bring it to an end. Let me read Revelation 12 verses 1 to 6. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. He swept that His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that he could devour her child. She gave birth to a male child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God and which she is to be nourished for 1260 days. Obviously, a lot of symbolic language there. But what John is saying is, I've seen, I heard what Jesus said. I've read what Paul wrote. I've read what Peter wrote. And this is what God tells me. Yes, the Hebrew nation, the Israelites were the chosen nation. They brought the Messiah into existence. The Messiah did his job, though Satan fought him every inch of the way. And now that chosen people has turned into the New Testament church. And guys, this is how it ends. That New Testament church flies into the wilderness and it's protected in a place and nourished in a place that God has prepared for that New Testament church. The 1260 days is just a time that is exact and known to God, but not known to us. And then John says, everything gets wrapped up. So the church is God's chosen people. The church is the organization through which God is going to work. And the work of the church is to spread the gospel of the Messiah. So sometimes people ask me, if America is God's chosen nation, what should we be doing? Do we need to somehow foster us becoming more of a Christian nation? Or how should we be working politically or otherwise? But the answer really is, America is not the chosen nation. The church is the chosen organization of God. And so my answer is really simply this. You need to be a part of a local church. You need to be a part of a local Bible-based church that tells you the only place we take our instruction and direction from is the Bible. If they say, well, we have this church tradition or we have these leaders here or there, go find another church where that church says, we follow only the Bible. You need to become an active member of a local church and you need to help that church spread the gospel. Maybe that's through supporting your minister. Maybe it's through the foreign missions or from international churches that your support, that your church supports. America's Christians should more and more about their church, frankly, than they should their country. Our work will be done through the church. We should strive for unity across churches, across countries. We should pray for unity across churches and across countries. We should financially support local churches. We should help our churches engage in evangelism. Even if you're an introvert, I'm not saying you have to go and speak on the platform, but if your church does something to engage the community, to send the word out, play a behind the scenes role, whatever you're good at. And we also should all as Christians say, 
And we want to be involved in the international missions of taking the gospel message to other countries. Have your church or have you personally find and support missionaries or churches that are starting up in foreign countries and pray for them and give them money or visit them even on short-term mission trips to help this chosen organization of God, the New Testament Christian Church, do what it is supposed to do and continue to proclaim the excellencies of the God who through His Son, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Andy.